Hi, I'm Nicole Tillman, the worship director here at Shore Christian Church. We are so glad that you're here, and we hope you enjoy this sermon from our new series, Broadway at the Shore. To hear more sermons like this, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Wow, that was awesome. Let's hear it for our worship team, the four weeks of Broadway at the Shore, saving the best for last. So how is Pastor Isaac going to tie this all in? Well, are you ready to find out? All right, go with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm sorry, 1 Peter chapter 2. And it says, the living stone, I got my green pants on, by the way. Do you guys like it? I got, you can't really see? Not green enough. I should have went with the lime green, I think, right? I got my. I got my lime green socks on, so that makes up for it. All right, here we go. Uh, verse 4. Uh, come as you come to him. Talking about Jesus here. As you come to him, the living stone. That's who Christ is. Rejected by humans, but chosen by God. Man, I don't care how many humans reject me. I want to be know that I'm chosen by God. That I may be rejected, but yeah, I'm chosen by the one that only matters, and that's God. And I'm precious to him, it says. And you also, say me too. Yeah, I'm a living stone also. And I am being built into a spiritual house. That's what we're building here at Shore Christian Church. We're building a beautiful spiritual house with different stones, different shapes, sizes, colors. But when you put them all together, man, it, it is a beautiful, precious house that we are building here, a holy priesthood. A spiritual offering, sacrifice is acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. And then uh, one more verse. I'm going to go to the last book of the Bible. Anyone know what the last book of the Bible is? That's right. The revelation of Jesus Christ. And I, I feel like this little portion of Scripture is a perfect picture of what we are all born into. Uh, the attacks and the struggles that we are all born into. Um, uh, John gets this revelation. He says, verse 1, A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of seven stars on her head. And she was pregnant and crying out in pain, and she was about to give birth. And then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his head. And its tail swept a third of the stars. This is a... Um, description of the evil one of Satan and he fell from heaven the Bible says because as the Oz dude Anthony did a great job as Oz said I am wonderful when when Lucifer the angel said that I'm wonderful I'm just as wonderful as God in that moment he was cast out of heaven and it says that he with his tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky representing the third of the fallen angels that fell to earth with him and the dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth, right in front of the woman about to give birth, so that it might devour her child at the moment that that child is born. I want to teach you and preach to you on the topic of green is the new black. Turn the person next to you and say, green is the new black. <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about, that's okay. You're the normal one. Everybody else is weird. Uh, in the uh, show, in the Wicked show, 
the Broadway show Wicked, it opens up with this birth of this young girl. Her name is Elphaba. And Elphaba was conceived out of an adulterous relationship that you don't find out till later is with the great Oz. And right before the mother is about to uh, get impregnated, she drinks this, this green drink. We'll call it, you know, green juice, whatever. And so when, when she drinks this green juice, it uh, causes the baby in her belly to turn green. <laughs> and so uh, the day that Elphaba is born, she comes out and everyone is like disgusted. It's a green baby. It's not my baby. The dad was like freaking out, like that's not my baby. And, and you have this green baby coming out at birth and was rejected by her father, was ostracized by society. Nobody liked her. Everybody called her wicked. Everybody called her the weird one. Everybody uh, just, just shunned her, didn't want any, any part of, of, of her. And it happened from birth. If you come to this church for, I don't know, one service, you're going to hear someone from this stage say to you, God has chosen you. God has a plan for your life. God has set you apart for a unique mission that he has created you for, and he has equipped you with everything that you'll need to accomplish that mission. You are chosen. You are unique. You have a purpose, but you are also under attack the moment that you are born. The, the birthmark of every believer should be a bullseye because there, there is evil in this world. I mean, what, what took place this weekend in Pittsburgh, that is pure evil. There, there is an evil one that wants to steal, kill, and destroy from every single child of God, every single daughter of the Most High. He wants to destroy your life, and he's coming after every single one of us. The, the Bible says that, uh, I think it's 1 Peter chapter 5, it says that, that, that Satan, he, he walks around uh, uh, seeking whom he may devour. It says like a lion. I love that because that, that's what, he, he's like a lion. You know, kind of like uh, in, in the show uh, Wicked, you have the, the powerful, the mighty Oz. And, and he's loud and he's boisterous and, and he's intimidating. But then when you peel the curtain back, he's, a, he's an old fat, scrawny arm, big belly, emaciated old man that has no powers whatsoever, and an alphabet sees him and says, you a fraud, boy. I mean, loud, but a liar. And, and that's what the evil one, he, he is loud, but he is a liar. He is not a lion, he is a liar. And that is the only trick and tool that he will use is to try and lie and manipulate you. And one of the greatest tools that he will use is this root of rejection. And it's something that every one of us will experience at some point in our life is this root of rejection. And then this root of rejection turns into bitterness. And that bitterness turns into jealousy and envy. And then it's me against the world. And then you start to hate people. And, and you start to have a chip on your shoulder. And, and all of this sin and, and pride comes from this rejectedness that you experience in your life. And so you put up a mask to try and pretend like everything's okay but you are so broken on the inside because you've been rejected. And Satan wants to use rejection to break you. But God will use rejection to build you. And that was for somebody. Because if you know how to process rejection the right way, 
it, became, it can become a building block that God can build a testimony and a spirit man and a renewed mind within your life so powerfully because God has a way, the Bible says, of working out all things for your good, for those who love him are called according to his purposes. And when I think about rejection, I think about this, this story in the Bible. It takes place in Genesis chapter 29. Genesis is the first book of the Bible, first book of the Bible. It's the easiest one to find. So even if you're new, you should be able to find Genesis real fast. You know, you know then, then Leviticus, and then it gets real weird with like Zephaniah and Haggai and Habakkuk. And, and uh, you know, we're not going to go there. We're going to go to the first book, Genesis. And this is the story that we're going to kind of pick up from where we left off a couple weeks ago about this guy, Jacob. Jacob the deceiver. Jacob who put his Halloween costume on to deceive his father into giving him the birthright. And, and so Jacob gets what he wants, but he's on the run because he got it where a mass because you may get what you want, but how you get it will prevent you from enjoying what you work so hard for. And so now Jacob is on the run. He got the blessing, he got the birthright, but he is on the run. And he's running for his life because Esau's after him. And so he's trying to find his family. And he's out in the middle of the desert. He's trying to find his uncle Laban, who's in the middle of nowhere. And so he's searching for Laban. He's been out there in the desert by himself for months, maybe even years. We don't know exactly how long, but we know it was a significant period of time. And so out of nowhere, he sees like an oasis. He sees uh, all of these shepherds in the middle of the desert. And, and they're flocking around this, this well. And they're, they're having their, their um, livestock drinking out of the well. And Jacob is relieved. He's like, thank you, God. I found some people. I'm not going crazy. He probably looked like Tom Hanks from Castaway at that point. He's like hanging out with like coconuts that he's putting faces on talking to him. Who knows? He's crazy. He probably looks nuts. And he's finally found some people. He runs to them. He's so excited. And, and then in the middle of the desert, he sees all these shepherds. And there, there's this huge stone that is in the way of the well that they cannot feed their sheep with. And Jacob, I'm sure, is really hungry at this point. And then some, he hits the mega millions jackpot. Suddenly this, this super hot woman, uh, her name is Rachel, comes out of nowhere in the middle of a desert. Is this a mirage? No, I got to pinch myself. This is the real deal. Rachel comes walking to him and he says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to show her how freaking tough I am. So I'm going to move this stone away. So he walks up to the stone. I'm sure maybe he took his shirt off. Who knows? You know, flex a little bit, pushes the stone, rolls the stone away. The water comes flying out of the well and he saves the day. All of the, the, the sheep are able to drink now. And then he walks up to Rachel, I'm sure saying, you know, how you doing? I'm Jacob. You know, can I get you a drink? You know, I, I don't know what he said, but, but uh, he said, he said do, do you know who Laban is? And they're like, yeah, that's my father. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. I found the woman of my dreams, Rachel, beautiful figure, smoking hot in the middle of the desert. She is now in love with me because she sees how strong I am. And her father is Laban. So he goes to Laban, his uncle, and Laban is so excited to see him. And Laban, uh, he opens up his house to him. He gives him a big hug. And, and it seems on the surface like, like everything is great. But I want to say this to somebody. Write this down if you can. Make a mental note. Not everyone that is good to you is good for you. Because you have some people in your life, they may make you feel good, they may be good to you, but in the long run, they are toxic, they will destroy you, they will manipulate you. There is a hidden agenda behind that person. And that was kind of, 
Laban's deal. Laban says, come on, you know, open arms. Uh, what, what do you want? You can work for me. Uh, what are your wages? I want to give you a job. And Jacob's, you know, 76, never been married. You think you have dating issues. And, and he's like, you know, I, I, I'm in love with Rachel. Rachel's my girl. I'll work for you for seven years if you give me my girl, Rachel. And, and, and Laban says, all right, you got a deal, Jacob. They shake on him. And, and then it says that he worked seven years, but they seemed only like a few days. That, I'd work seven years for you, baby. And any man said, I work seven years for you, baby. Liars, liars. <laughs> I kind of, that, that, that was the custom uh, actually back then is, is you would work for the father. I kind of like that now that I have a daughter. You know, I think we might implement that at Shore Christian Church. You want to date my daughter? You got to work for me for seven years. <laughs> my dad's, yeah, I'll, I'll sign up for that. You know, and so he, he worked seven years, and it was just like a, a few days, and then on, on day, you know, right after the seventh year is over, he says, give me my wife. I want to make love to her. I wonder what he was thinking about for seven years. And, and, so, and so Laban's like, all right, you worked seven years, but we got we to do this the right way. We got to have a marriage feast. And, 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 and the marriage feast, um, you, you had Rachel. And, and then uh, he had this other daughter. Um, Laban had this other daughter. Her, her name was Leah. And, and Leah uh, was kind of like the, the redheaded stepchild. Uh, Leah, the Bible says, you know, that, that, she had, that she had a green face. Didn't say that, didn't, actually didn't say that, uh, but it said that she had weak eyes. You had Rachel, who has a beautiful figure, so good to look at. Glinda. Hello, Glinda. People know wicked, know what I'm talking about. Glinda was the pretty girl, the, the, the one, the popular one, the one that everybody wanted to hang out with. Glinda was the one that people flocked around, people wanted to marry, people wanted to date. And, and then you had Alphabet, who had the green face that nobody wanted anything to do with, who was the, 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 the ugly one, the rejected one, the one that people would, would just push away in crowds and didn't give two looks at ever. And, and so now you have the situation with Rachel, who was like the, the Glinda of the family, who everyone loved, everyone wanted to marry her, everybody wanted to take pictures with her, everyone to follow her on Instagram, everyone wanted to be with Rachel. And then you had Leah, who had these weak cross eyes. We don't really know, but, but it, it didn't, it was like basically saying, you know, she had a good personality. You know, you had, you had this beautiful girl, and then you had, you know, cross-eyed, undesirable, nobody wanted Leah. Always in the shadow of her younger sister. Always the one that people would, would say, hey, you know, can you, can you get your sister's phone number for me? <laughs> you know, like, like that, that, that's what she was dealing with her whole life. And so finally, Jacob's day had arrived, and he was going to marry his dream sweetheart. He was going to marry Rachel. And, and so they had this great wedding feast, and, and, and you know that there were people drinking at this wedding feast. And I'm going to get to that in a second, but just bear with me. Uh, I, I mean, it, it was like, you know, what was that? So a bottle of red, bottle of white. I mean, it was all going around at this wedding feast. And finally, Jacob uh, has the opportunity to consummate the marriage. And, and, and so here's his girl, Rachel. And, and so they get in the tent for the first time that he's going to have an opportunity to sleep with his new wife and, and they make love and it's amazing and Jacob is just whispering sweet nothings into her ear. I love you, baby. I can't wait to spend the rest of my life with you. And, and then morning came. 
And there was Leah. Homeboy slept with the wrong woman on his wedding day. How drunk do you have to be? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, but I, I, I mean, this is crazy. I, I mean, some things look a lot different when the lights are on. I mean in a spiritual sense. Some things that you do in the darkness, some things look real good when the lights are off in your life, but then when God comes in and the lights come on, man, some things don't look too desirable anymore. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. I appreciate it. Oh, my God, there's people here. <laughs> and, and, and so the, there's Leah. My God. I mean, you know he's running out of the tent butt naked to Laban saying, what in the world? You gave me Leah? I don't want Leah. I don't want green face. I don't want weak eyes. I want Rachel. I want the lovely girl. I want the hawker. I want the one that everybody likes. And, and we go right away to thinking that, you know what, you reap what you sow, right, Jacob? Because Jacob was a deceiver. Jacob was a trickster. And so no matter how long you try and live a lie, no, long, no matter how long you try and manipulate people, what goes around comes around, sir. What goes around comes around, ma'am. Because my Bible says that God shall not be mocked. Whatever a man or woman sows, that shall they also reap. So if you are building a life with a sand foundation, your day is coming because you need to build the right foundation or foundation on truth and not lies and manipulation. And so Jacob is finding that out real quick, that what goes around comes around, that every lie has an expiration date and his just expired. And, and, and we, we always think right for Jacob. Did anyone ever think about Leah? You ever think about Leah? I mean, this girl, whole life she's been in the shadows. Whole life she's been the ugly one. Whole life she's been looked over. And then finally she thinks that she's going to get to marry the man of her dreams and she realizes that she was just a ploy in her father's manipulation trick. So she's, she's rejected by her father who uses her to manipulate and trick Jacob and then after she makes love with her husband, the night, the whole night, and then morning comes, she gets rejected right after they had sex for the first time, runs out of the tent screaming, who are you? Get out. I mean, can you imagine what this girl is going through? I, I, I believe that there's some people in here that can relate to this story. That could probably relate more to Leah than you can to Rachel. You know, I'll never forget in my, in my life, and, um, you know, you have your own stories, but I'll never forget uh, the first time I ever got cheated on by a girlfriend. Anyone remember that feeling? You know, I, I remember how that made me feel. I remember how pitiful it made me feel, how I, I felt like I was less than. I felt like, how, how could she choose him over me? I felt so inferior. I felt so rejected. And I know that that is such a minuscule example compared to what some of you have been through in your own life, but the, the feeling is, is, is similar. It's this gut-wrenching thing that it, it's me. Maybe I'm broken. Maybe, maybe it, it's just what I'm always going to get the rest of my life is I'm just going to be rejected by everyone. I'm no good. I'm worthless. I'm passed over. I'm always the other sister, the other brother, I'm always in the backstage, never getting any recognition. And that's what Leah's feeling. And 
I kind of built the foundation because this is exactly where I want to get to in this sermon. Because it, it says in, in verse, when the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he enabled her to conceive. When the Lord saw, I want you to know the Lord sees you this morning. That Jacob might not see you, Leah, but God sees you. That your husband may not see you, but God sees you. That your father or your mother may not see you, but God sees you. And he selects what man rejects. For he was rejected by humans, but chosen by God. And what I love is in God's house, there is a greenhouse for your green face and your green heart and your green soul. Because every single one of us at one point in our life, we have wickedness in our heart. We have a greenness within our soul. And in God's house, green is the new black. That the only thing that qualifies you is you have issues to get into the kingdom of God and you know that you do. And you realize that your wholeness cannot come through yourself but only through a savior. And God is saying to somebody, I see you this morning. They might not see you but I see you. For every person who has been cheated on, for every person who has been rejected by your father because he didn't see any value in you and he walked out on your family, for every child who feels unloved, for every student who never could find the table at the lunchroom cafeteria, for every person who can never find a job or an employer to give them an opportunity, for everyone that feels rejected, for everyone that feels like you never measure up, God says, I see you. I am the God of the rejected. I am the God of those who have been ostracized. I am the God of those who have been mocked and rejected. And I see you, and I have a purpose for you, Leah, and I'm gonna open up your womb to do something that Rachel never could, because before the foundations of the world, I put something in you that this world desperately needs. And God is looking at you this morning saying, I see you. He sees you, and he opens up her womb, and suddenly she begins to produce. Suddenly she begins to, to have babies, just popping out babies left and right. Jacob's just popping Prozac all day. You know, like, like she, she has, she's doing something. She's producing, but she still thinks that somehow Jacob is going to love her because of what she's performing, because of what she's doing. How many of us, we've been rejected, and we think somehow the better that we perform, the more attractive we make ourselves look on the outside, that somehow that's going to garnish the attention that we so desperately desire. So many people, you are trying to receive from other people what only God can give you. And so here's... Here's Leah, and she, she starts having babies, and, and she has this one baby. The first baby, his name is, is, is Reuben, which, which means, uh, basically, I see you. I see you. And she's saying to her husband, do you see me? Because I'm sure Jacob was like one of those guys that would just come in, and, and he would look at you, but he wouldn't see you. 
He wouldn't even notice if you changed your hairdo. He wouldn't even notice if you got a new dress. He, he, was, he was present, but, but he wasn't there. He never saw Leah. And Leah's like, I'm doing this for you. I'm producing. I'm giving you something that Rachel never could give you. Do you see me now? Maybe if I have another baby, maybe if I, if I make more money, maybe if I, if I get more followers, maybe if I perform something so perfectly, then maybe people will notice me. Then maybe I'll be accepted. And then when you're not, you feel more empty than you've ever been in your entire life. So maybe I'll have another baby. So she, she has another baby, names this baby Simon. Simeon. <laughs> Sorry. Simon Peter, that's the next sermon. Simon. Simeon. I'm confusing myself here. And what his name literally means is, do you hear me? Hear me. I, I mean, you ever, you ever talk to someone and, and, and they're hearing, but they're not listening to what you're saying? They're watching Sports Center on the television. You're just pouring your heart out to them, and they're just like, uh-huh, oh, that's great, fantastic. Oh, praise God. And then you get punched in the face. At least I do. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I, because Leah w- was never heard by her husband. And she so desperately wanted the love from her husband. And, and sometimes the, the love that we never got from, from our father or our mother, we think that somebody else can give that to us. And, and I'm sure that you know, somewhere subconsciously, she's trying to get the love from Jacob that she never got from Laban, her father. And she desperately just wants to be heard, wants to be seen, wants to matter. And, and of course, nothing changes. Nothing will change when you try and produce it and perform it yourself. She has a third baby named Levi. And Levi means, will you connect with me? I, I mean, they're married, but they weren't really married. I mean, when you're married, you are one flesh. When you hurt, I hurt. When you struggle, I struggle. When you celebrate, I, we are one in this. We are together. That's what marriage is. It's a partnership. But, and she's basically saying, will you be in this marriage with me? And, and there's, there's some people, and you're, you're in a marriage, and, and you know what it's like to not have a spouse in that marriage with you. It's like you're living two separate lives, and, and you so desperately want to have that intimacy with your spouse, and, and she desperately wants that, and she has this baby Levi and says, now, will you connect with me? Will you be in this marriage with me? Will you know me? And nothing changes. And you know, sometimes you need to switch gears with how you are trying to gain your approval. And I love that Leah said, you know what, I'm going to switch gears. I'm going to get out of this performance-based acceptance and approval, thinking that if I produce enough, then I could be accepted. Then I will be loved. And then she has her fourth baby, and I love this name of this baby because it's the name of my firstborn baby. She says, I'm going to have a baby, and I'm going to name him Judah. And Judah means I will praise the Lord. And she was able to finally say, that you know what, Jacob might not love me, but I am gonna give praise to the one who opened up my womb. I'm gonna give praise to the one who gave me life, who gave me joy, who accepts me when everybody else rejects me. And you will never feel satisfied if you are always looking for praise from other people. Your job is about the praise that you could give, not the praise that you could get. That was too good. I got to say it again. You need to make it about the praise you can give, 
not the praise you can get. If it's always about the praise that you can get, you will always feel rejected, you will always feel broken, you will always be a victim, but if you can say it's about the praise that I can give my God, that he's the one who opened my womb, he loves me, he accepts me, and I'm gonna praise him anyhow. Husband might not love me, but I'm gonna praise him anyhow. I may still be broke, I'm gonna praise him anyhow. I may still be struggling in my life in this area, but I'm gonna praise God anyway. And when you can come to that place in your life, I love it. It says at the end of the verse that she stopped having children because she finally realized it's about that I'm accepted by God. And I'm gonna praise God anyhow. Stop withholding your gratitude until somebody else recognizes you. God recognizes you. God sees you. Crazy part about this story is Rachel, I think it's verse 31. No, it's not. Oh yeah, there it is. Rachel saw that she was not bearing Jacob children and she became jealous of her sister because we're all green somewhere. I mean, one person might have a green face, another person might have a green heart, green bank account, green kids. <laughs> Did I hear an amen? <laughs> I mean, we, we're all struggling. I mean, we are all in the same sinking pit trying to save ourselves. Maybe this person can save me. They're green too. You gotta take it to the greenhouse, which is God's house. When you take your green face to the greenhouse. I think what a, what a greenhouse is, is it, is it takes in plants to help them grow be, so that they can be protected from the inclement weather outside. And that's what the church is. That's what the house of God is. Is it's a place where you could grow green, so fresh and so green, green. And that's what this house is. This is a greenhouse for you where you could come in with a green face, a green heart, green anywhere, everywhere in your life. And you can find acceptance because this is God's house. And I love, <laughs> Leah didn't know the Bible, right? She didn't have a Bible. We, we, we have an opportunity to, to, to read the whole story, right? And, and, and they didn't know that. They didn't know how this was all going to finish. And I think if Leah knew what God was going to bring forth through her life, she, she wouldn't have felt so rejected, even though she was rejected. Because Satan used rejection to break you, but God will use rejection to build you. And Leah didn't know that God was using that rejection to build her, to use her, to build a mighty spiritual house. Because years later, and uh, I actually stole this from Diamond's sermon, don't tell her. The book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 1, uh, we see the, the genealogy of, of Jesus. And Jesus fulfilled 351 prophecies, one of them being that he shall be the stone which the builders reject shall become the chief cornerstone for this greenhouse that God's getting ready to build. And as Jesus was being brought into this world through Joseph and, and Mary, his mother, it's important to know who he came through. 
And as you look at the genealogy of Jesus, you, you know, I'm not going to read it all to you because it's boring and I can't pronounce any of the names, but it's awesome at the same time. It says that Abraham begot Isaac, Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Judah through the womb of Leah. And then it goes on and 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 on. And then there's Jesus. That out of the one who was rejected, out of the one who nobody wanted, out of the one that Jacob didn't want anything to do with, God says, that's the person I choose. That out of your womb, Leah, out of Judah, I am going to bring forth the Messiah. I am going to bring forth the Savior of this world. Because out of the rejection, out of the rejected, God can birth a miracle. God can birth a Savior. God can use every moment in your life that you have ever been rejected if you could bring it into the greenhouse and say, God, I'm hurting, I'm broken, my husband doesn't see me, my wife doesn't see me, my parents don't see me, my boss doesn't see me, maybe even my pastor doesn't see me. And you say, I'm hurting, and God says, I see you, Leah, and I have chosen you, and I want to heal you from the inside out but I can't do it when you're always blaming other people. The only way I could do it is when you give birth to Judah because Jesus came forth through Judah and your miracle is gonna give birth through Judah, through your praise, when you can say, I praise God anyhow in spite of the rejection. Amen, stand to your feet if, if you're able to. I, I, can't, I can't see you, but I know that God is working on some people through this sermon. Because I, I know myself, and I know that one of the most difficult things in my life to process through is rejection. It hurts, and it is a bitter pit to be in. But there is one who can empathize with your struggle for he is the living stone rejected by humans but chosen by God you are chosen by God you may have a green face you may have a green broken heart but I love how the Bible says that he puts the lonely in families that he's the father to the fatherless. That he is the only one who could heal your broken heart, but you have to give him the pieces first. When you offer up, say, God, heal me. God, I, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I'm not going to be striving to find acceptance from other people. I'm not going to strive basing my whole life on performance. Maybe if I perform well enough, I'll be accepted. Maybe if if a certain amount of people can notice me, then I'll feel complete. No, God, I'm going to give you my heart anyhow. Because I know that you could build me through this rejection, Lord God. Birth something in my life. Create in me a clean heart, oh God, and an upright spirit, Lord God. Praise you, Father God. If you're able to, just, just close your eyes and if you feel comfortable, just lift your hands. The reason we do that, it's a sign of surrender. God, I surrender to you, Lord God. The only one who is worthy. Yes, every, every head bowed, every eye closed right now. 
Father, you know our hearts. You know our past. You know what we've been through. We know this, you know the struggles that we've went through, Lord God. Father, I pray for every single Leah in this church. Every single one who has been rejected, has been hurt, and has carried that with them. They carried it in here this morning, but they're not carrying it out. That our declaration this morning is we have found our acceptance. We have found our greenhouse. And God, we put our life in your hands, Father. Use us. We are a vessel for you to bring forth and birth a dream, birth a great new ministry, birth a family, birth healing through Lord God. Use us, Father God. Use us to, to help this hurting, evil, broken world, Lord God. But you can't use us until first you want to heal us, Lord God. We can't love other people if we can't love ourselves. We can't love, love other people if we're still carrying so much unforgiveness in our hearts, Lord God. I pray this morning, Lord God, that this is a moment where, where we accept forgiveness in our life. I forgive my father. I forgive my mother. I forgive my ex-spouse. I forgive that boss. I forgive that person who cheated on me. I forgive that person who passed me up. I forgive that person who looked over me, even though I was more deserving than another person. Lord God, we forgive them. We let that go, Lord God, and we praise you anyhow, Lord God. We're going to stop this performance-based acceptance, thinking that if we perform well enough, that somehow Jacob will see us. God, you see us. And God, if you are never, it'll never be enough until you are enough. And God, you are enough for us this morning. And everybody else is just going to add to our completed heart and our completed life. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap.